Hello and welcome to Affable Chat Off Script, the episodes of Affable Chat that aren't about movies. My name is Benjamin and I just ordered a pizza. I'm actually wrapping up my night here on uh, Monday, March 23rd and I worked all day from home and I just finished editing a video and it took me a little longer to edit than I expected, but I decided I was going to forego my dinner plans and order a pizza, not only to, you know, so I don't have to do dishes or any of that, but also to stimulate the economy during these troubling times uh, in the era of the coronavirus. So I ordered my pizza. I'm actually looking at the uh, pizza tracker. I'm not going to do any free advertising here, so I won't tell you who is delivering my pizza, but they have a pizza tracker, and it's already on quality check, even though I only ordered like 15 minutes ago, and I've ordered from this company before. They, I think that some of this is just to make you think that your order is coming quickly. I fully expect not to hear heads or tails from the delivery person uh, for at least an hour from the time that I ordered because uh, it's coronavirus and tons of people are going to be ordering pizza, especially uh, from this popular chain that I'm ordering from, which I won't name. And I was thinking that's perfect. I've, you know, to fill the time between ordering and eating, I'll record a podcast because we haven't missed a week in a long, long time, and I'll be damned if we start now. So, uh, you know, you can expect a weekly episode of Apple Chat just like you're getting right now. Uh, but it also, I, you know, I feel like everything right now, everybody is very uh, heightened uh, perception of social media because we're all stuffed in our houses and our apartments and just waiting on time to pass until we can go back out. And, you know, everybody's spending that time going online, which is kind of cool. Um, I mean, not, cools are definitely the wrong word. It's interesting. It's like a... Uh, you know, an, ex an experiment. We've all had the internet. We've all been on the internet for a long time. But what if it's the, our only escape from our immediate surroundings? Because we literally can't go anywhere. Um, it's it's been it's been an interesting experience. So I figured I might as well hop on the microphone and say something about it. I'm actually sitting in uh, my studio right now next to two dogs. I'm not alone in my isolation here. Uh, I'm I'm with. Chicha and Kiko to the family Chihuahuas, and I've my mom uh, sent them down here because my family was going to go on vacation. That totally got canceled because of coronavirus. So that the cancellation happened after she dropped the dogs here. So they're kind of just stuck with me for the time being because uh, I'm not trying to go anywhere. So they're just chilling. And so if you hear anybody licking themselves in the background, that's most likely them, uh, and they're just going to be chilling, sleeping right now, um, right beside me, but yeah, they've been keeping me company as I have been working from home. I'm very fortunate, you know, it's a very, I don't know, luck of, I don't know if luck of the draw is the right way to put it, but I feel very fortunate that I happen to have a job that can be done remotely. Uh, you know, I do computer engineering, so even though my normal job is in an office, I can, it is possible to do the things I do remotely. And for that, I'm very fortunate because I understand that 
this whole coronavirus, not just people getting sick and not being able to work, but also the fact that work has to shut down and people are losing their jobs everywhere. I feel so, again, just fortunate that I'm able to still go to my job, go in air quotes, because I'm not leaving my apartment, but to do my job and still earn a paycheck and, you know, from a, I don't know, well-being perspective, at least financially, I'm, it's exactly the same. Coronavirus hasn't affected me, you know, yet, and hopefully it won't. I don't know how weird or bizarre things are going to get in the future, but I don't know. I just got to express my, how, um, my gratitude, I guess, that this didn't totally wreck me because plenty of people who, I mean, none of us saw this coming, uh, had their livelihoods totally obliterated and, uh, it's maybe hasn't even happened yet. Maybe it will still happen. And that's really unfortunate. So I just got to, you know, count my blessings right quick and say, it's, it's really nice to be able to work from home, especially when I have the dogs here too. So I can spend some time with them. My main hang up about getting a dog of my own, or, or really any animal, is that I don't want to just leave them alone all the time. I spend a lot of time at work. I like to travel. I like to go out and do things, you know, sometimes things that dogs can't come to, and I always feel bad leaving them locked up. Uh, although, <laughs> these last few days, I'm starting to notice how these how these dogs spend their time all day, and it's not like they're gaming or reading or, uh, you know, managing their financial situation. No, they're just sleeping all day. Which isn't, I'm not hating on that as far as like a, a bat, it's not a bad way to spend your day, but especially if you're like a dog and there's all these comfy places that you can just curl up and sleep, but they can do that without me. So I kind of don't feel like if that's all they're going to do while I'm not there, then maybe I don't feel as bad. But I, I, based on the way that they react when I come in the door, I feel like they want to be around people and you know, you don't get a dog so it can sit in its kennel by itself. Uh, that's you get a dog so you can spend uh, you know quality time with it, and uh, that's why I'm I'm waiting on getting a dog. But these two, uh, I've really enjoyed their company while I've been in home isolation. I've also really enjoyed listening to the news. Uh, it's like one of those. I need to find a better phrase to use to describe this feeling, but the one I go to, which is a very common one, is it's like a car wreck that you can't look away from. You know, it's it's so horrible that you have to keep looking. That's how I've felt about coronavirus for a while now, for weeks. And it was at a point where I felt like I was being gaslighted by the news because, I mean, South Carolina hasn't been hit like very hard yet by and I'm and I I'm doing air quotes around the words very hard because it's not known how bad it is here. The testing has been insufficient from my perspective and it doesn't give us an accurate representation of how bad things are and it we definitely don't know how bad things will be. So I've been listening to the news and they've been saying horrible, horrible things about other places like Italy and how they were doing similar stuff to what we're doing now, like two weeks ago. So if you try to project us in two weeks, I don't want to, I don't want to be in their situation, right? So what kind of measures can we take? What kind of things can we do differently, uh, you know, to, to put ourselves in, in a, you know, a more... <laughs> in a better situation. I, I don't, I'm not trying to call the plays here. I don't think any of us really know what we're talking about here. Uh, you know, people are going online and, and posting things that 
are it's like oh the coronavirus is no big deal you know ignore what the government is saying or like no the coronavirus is actually like crazy and you you, you have to only use germex you know that's the only thing that'll kill it you know people are spouting nonsense that they, they don't know really what they're talking about but because everybody is are, are uh everybody's paying attention to this one subject. Everybody's got to get their opinions out. Look, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> but really, I've been listening to NPR because um, they're one of my favorite places to get the news, but also because I feel like NPR does a good job of just going and like s- stating what's going on. You know, they definitely have their political leanings and they definitely lean liberal to an extent but i like how they kind of just present what's going on and there's a little bit more room for you to draw your own conclusions versus maybe a more traditional or i don't know if anything can be more traditional than pr but you know i'm talking about a more mainstream news show uh, that you might watch on like a cnn or a fox news where they're definitely trying to spin things in a way that will lead you to certain conclusions um i mean every news outlet is doing this including npr but i i feel like their bias is to a lesser extent either way they've been doing quality reporting on coronavirus basically non-stop so i would say probably every three hours i just uh tune in on the npr app and they do hourly news updates i think all day i don't know if they do like 1 a.m 2 a.m 3 a.m but like I think starting early morning and then every hour throughout the day, they release a three minute audio like recap of the news, what's going on right now. And usually that's only worth listening to probably once or twice a day. But with coronavirus, it's worth listening to every few hours, man. It is crazy how quickly things change and how many times Trump has said things and the governor of South Carolina has, you know, had his addresses to the people uh, and they've got scientists up there and everybody's saying something else. Like I I watched the uh, presidential like a presidential address from the Rose Garden that was last Wednesday or Tuesday. It was earlier last week. It was before they sent us home and I started working from home. It was before that. And Trump was on TV talking uh, about like what we're going to do about it. And his theme was unleashing the private sector. That's how America is going to deal with this is by uh, taking taking the leash off of private sector, the thing that we totally have nailed down over here. We're going to unleash the private sector in a lot, and they're going to save us from coronavirus. So they had like some bigwig from Walmart and some other bigwig from Target. They had some CVS guy. Uh, you know, I assume he was there because he was going to, CVS is going to provide everyone who doesn't have toilet paper with a roll of receipts because they've got plenty of those lying around. And it was kind of, bizarre where (laughs) each one of these like I don't know if they were the CEOs but obviously they were like members of the board or chairman of this and that for these major companies and they were basically saying like here's what we're going to do to try to help the American government deal with this because the American government was caught with his pants down and uh, I don't know it's I don't know how much I want Target to be in charge of making sure that my that I don't die from a pandemic, right? That didn't. That doesn't seem like the way that we would have things organized. But at the same time, I, I'm, I've only been alive for uh, 24 plus years, so I, I don't. My perspective is very limited. But 
from the time I've been alive, I'm like, actually, this makes perfect sense that we would look at Walmart and CVS to save us now because why not, dude? Why not? We are the absolute capitalism capital of the world. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can do something. I've heard at Walmart's parking lots. Actually, I didn't hear. Walmart said that they were going to be designating portions of their parking lots across the country to uh, be the place where you can go get a drive-through test for coronavirus, which, I mean, that's definitely helpful. We definitely need to get more tests. Uh, again, like, it's it's not like I know all that much about pandemics, right? Like, I've, I played the, what is it called, uh, Disease Inc. or, um, oh, man. There's some flash game where the whole point is to create a disease that like kills all humans and and, and uh, you know ends humanity on the planet. It goes to every country, every corner of the earth, and, and kills everybody. What is that called? Um, infection Inc. It's something Inc. Anyways, I, I I played that game a few times. You know that's about as far as it goes for me with pandemics. Also, I read the book about Ebola, the Hot Zone which, um, horrific stuff. Good thing it's coronavirus and not like, can you imagine if it was as contagious as coronavirus, but it was also Ebola? Like, oh my gosh, that'd be so terrifying. Like I guarantee you people would not be blowing off social distancing and self-quarantining if it was Ebola. They would, you would see one internet video of somebody leaking Ebola out of their eyeballs. And then you would just lock the door and be like, I'll eat the carpet if we run out of food. I'm not leaving, okay? I'm not I'm not letting Ebola get me. I mean that's that's one of the things about this pandemic is that it's so not dangerous and I, I it is dangerous obviously. A lot of people have already died and will die, uh especially here. They're projecting high numbers in the United States if we can't make up some ground here cuz we were caught so unprepared. But it's the rate of killing people, even at its worst. Like in Italy, they've had like a really high rate of death for this because Italy has an older population. And, you know, there's unlimited factors that could lead to that. But the, the, the reported numbers are that Italy is dealing with or Italy are dealing with a much uh, more lethal. It's the same virus, but the more people are dying there, more percentage of the people who get it are dying it in Italy is what I'm trying to say. And even at its worst, it's like 10% of people who get it die, okay? And to the average, you know, Joe Sixpack, it's like, that's it? And it's mostly old people? Well, I'm not old, so I'll be fine. I don't have to change anything. Um, and obviously, that's a terrible mindset. Uh, I'm not endorsing that mindset. But you can understand why somebody might, somebody might foolishly uh, jump to that mindset because they're they think that it doesn't affect them and the world revolves around them so therefore don't need to take any different action uh, for coronavirus if I want to go to spring break I can go to spring break and obviously we've all seen those <laughs> the clips of those kids who are in Miami for spring break and uh, oh man they're gonna that is so cringe inducing and I, I honestly feel bad for them because nobody's going to forget this. Like this is the, like the people who were in that like 30 second clip of like various college students who are saying like, I don't care about if I get coronavirus, I get it. But we've had this trip planned for a long, long time, like three months. <laughs> it's like, Oh, three months. Wow. Okay. Then it's fine. If you spread a pandemic three months. Wow. You really, 
you really thought ahead there. And those people, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I only say this because I assume everyone has seen this clip. It's the most, like, of course, this exists clip uh, of the whole virus situation. These people just totally blowing it off. And, and I hope it's because they don't know any better. They're young kids. And, uh, oh, man, if they didn't know then, they know now. And they're going to be uh, immortalized as, like, these great buffoons. And it will only, it'll be worse and worse the worse this virus gets. Um, because it could get really, really bad. I don't, I don't want to, that, it's one of those things where, going back to talking about feeling gaslit by the media, because I, I feel like I left that hanging. Um, I was, as soon as coronavirus started becoming like a very serious thing, like they like shut down Wuhan, after that, I was like, oh no, this is coming here. And it wasn't me just being like, based on my knowledge of science, I can predict that the coronavirus... There were people on NPR and other news outlets saying, yeah, it's it's probably already here. It's going to get us. We are already too late because we're not taking precautions. We're not testing. And as time has gone on, those people who were saying that weeks ago have only been correct. So when those same people or people with similar credentials predict the future and they say, oh yeah, it's going to get much, much worse, I tend to believe them at this point. But going back to the gaslighting situation, I was listening to all this news and they're like, it's coming for us. It might already be here. Don't go into these crowded areas. Don't go on trips if you don't have to. This was all recommended by these experts on the news before the government said anything. And even after the government said uh, hey, 50 people or more is too much. You got to 50 people or less. I'm showing up at work and I'm there's hundreds of people there. And I'm like, hmm, surely I'm not the only one who's worried about this, right? Surely some of the other hundreds of people here have at least heard of coronavirus and might be a little bit weary of going into a building with a bunch of other people. But as I looked around, nobody else no one else cared and and at least not obviously and and even being at work i love to run my mouth so of course i'm talking about coronavirus nonstop. and i even got i will admit i was a little bit um i don't want to my vocabulary is failing me today i think i may have seemed alarmist to some because i was so hyper um obsessed with keeping up with coronavirus and asking why are we still here? Why has no one said anything about this? Why, (laughs) why isn't management like reaching out to us and saying, Hey, we know about coronavirus and here's, you know, go home. You know, instead of that, I'm just sitting there with radio silence thinking, Oh, surely fake news. NPR has tricked me once again. And there's this coronavirus is totally fake. And I'm, I should just keep showing up to work and, and not thinking anything will change. But lo and behold, you know, to people who thought I was being alarmist saying we shouldn't be here today, weeks later, we're not there anymore. We're all working from home and it's a real thing. Things are changing. I mean, actually when I ordered my pizza, which still isn't here, even though the quality check has been going on for like 20 minutes at this point, maybe they're really checking it. They're like measuring it. Did you guys listen to Papa John on H3 podcast? Very specific reference but uh he talks about how you rate a pizza out of 10 and it is amazing papa john is like a living mascot 
for pizza. I mean, obviously for his own restaurant chain, but it's like if you took the qualities of a of a pizza mascot and then made them into a a real human being who also has a family and a son, but his like main priority is making pizza and like cherishing pizza and eating pizza all the time. I don't know how I got on him, but I do have something to say about Papa John's fake news because you guys remember when Papa John's said that he ate 40 pizzas in 30 days? He said he had had 40 pizzas in 30 days. And what he was talking about was his expertise in pizzas. He was in an interview and he stated that he was trying to show off that his he he knows pizza. He has expertise in pizza and the people who are currently running Papa John's don't. And what sets them apart what sets him apart from them is that he really invests in his craft. He spends time with it. He does his research and he has little tricks and, and things that he used as they were building up Papa John's that made it into the giant that it is today. And his belief is that without his little secrets and tricks, then Papa John's can't keep being the quality you know, pizza establishment that he says it is, right? It's all just him explaining Papa John's. And when he was talking about what he's different, he said, I've had 40 pizzas in the last 30 days. And on the H3 podcast, he explained that that meant he had tasted and sampled 40 pizzas in 30 days, 40 different pizzas, right? The flex isn't that he's having a terrible diet and eating way too much food. The flex is that he's had a bunch of different pizzas in an effort to quality check them and learn more about the product that he's so obsessed with. But on the H3 podcast, they called him out and said, basically they made him explain it. They're like, you ate 40 pizzas in 30 days? And he said the same thing. No, I stated that I had 40 pizzas in 30 days. And people were like, no, 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 you can't correct now. You can't update it now. Had means you ate the whole thing. And I can definitely see your understanding of that but if you listen to papa i think that he is being honest he the point of what he was saying was to not like i said it wasn't to express how like how terribly he's been eating and how much he's totally disregarded any semblance of like a well-balanced diet um and and how he's you know eating just an enormous amount of pizza it's that he's sampling different kinds okay i i, I went way off on a tangent here um but i had that opinion a while back and never expressed it um so there you go but bringing it bring it back bring it back bring it back uh to the pizza that's currently being delivered um you can scratch out pop or uh, yeah papa john's that's not who i ordered the pizza with uh from but i'm not going to give the people that i ordered pizza from any free advertising okay they they know how to contact me if they want advertising but it's still on quality check and not here yet. I told myself I was either going to get to 30 minutes or on this podcast or when the pizza arrives. And right now, I don't know. It could be a close one. We'll see. We'll see. But one of the cool, maybe not cool, one of the interesting features of this particular order that I made for this pizza is there was a delivery option and then there was a no contact delivery option where the driver or the person delivering your pizza will actually leave it in the bag, the warming bag, 
on your doorstep and then notify you that they're there and then go away. And then you can come and get the pizza yourself and then like let them know that you got it and then they'll come and get the bag again. Apparently, it's like a four-step process. I had to read about it when I chose it, but definitely did not see that option before coronavirus. So I'm trying it out tonight. We'll see how it goes. Maybe this is the future. Maybe in the future, you can just totally cut out human communication altogether. Could be cool. Could be cool because uh, a lot of people hate human interaction. <laughs> Maybe, again, cool. Probably not the right word here, but it could be, uh, you know, it could shake things up if this becomes a really popular way of delivering food um, so that you can just go straight box to mouth and not have to, uh, you know, mingle with anybody or have a conversation or, you know, recognize that there are humans, you know, in the middle of this transaction doing their, their job. So could be a possibility in the future. I'll let you guys know how it goes whenever I get my pizza, but I can't believe I made it this long without talking about this yet, but animal crossing came out and I'm so enjoying it. I uh, I got it for the Switch uh, when the, on the day it came out. I actually ordered it on Amazon, but thanks to like the physical copy of it, because I like having the physical copy of uh, you know some games. I, I like I would like the idea of somebody perusing my game shelf and finding Animal Crossing and being like, ah, good man, good man. Uh, but I ordered the physical version on Amazon a month ago, probably. It was more than four weeks, and they delayed it. Thanks to coronavirus, they said, sorry, not as important. So I had to end up purchasing the digital version, which, you know, luckily it's 2020, and you can just download video games. No need to buy a physical version. Uh, but now I'm going to have two copies of Animal Crossing. But luckily, my sister had not ordered Animal Crossing yet, so uh, she's going to be the lucky recipient of my extra copy. I thought about doing an Apple Chat giveaway, but um, once I found out she didn't have it, I was like, okay, well, obviously you need, you need to have this game because uh, she also has a Switch. So uh, that worked out quite nicely, I think. But uh, I mean, I played Animal Crossing when I was a kid. I, I played it a little bit on GameCube. Um, I'm pretty sure I just rented it back from Blockbuster. So I didn't, it definitely was not the like dedication and um, you know the time investment you really need to enjoy Animal Crossing but I did eventually get it for DS and then I played the absolute crap out of it because you can take your DS anywhere and Animal Crossing is the perfect game to just kind of like idly play you know it's it's not something that you have to focus in on super deep or keep your I mean you can focus on it super deep but it, like you can very casually play it uh, which pairs well with mobile gaming so you can kind of do that anywhere and uh, plus, the one for DS, I'm pretty sure it was called Wild World, Animal Crossing Wild World. And it was it utilized the internet connection so you could visit other people uh, in their towns. Like, I remember playing Animal Crossing with my buddy Tyler Buchanan over DS internet connection. And uh, we had a blast, dude. He was like, he was one of the guys at school. And I was like, oh, dude, you've got Animal Crossing? Dude, let's totally play. And uh, we checked out each other's towns. And the, the internet capacity or the internet capabilities of that Animal Crossing were way diminished compared to what's possible in this version of Animal Crossing, New Horizons. And I'm so stoked to get in on that. Um, 
but wait, before I say that, I also have to mention that I did get the Animal Crossing city folk <laughs> for the Nintendo Wii. Unfortunately, that was right at the end of like my time as a Wii player. I back when it was like the console wars between Xbox and PlayStation, I was like low key team Nintendo and I was like, who needs them? I prefer to play uh, you know, the Wii. But also like first person shooters were definitely a thing, so I couldn't resist and definitely got an Xbox, but I did have a Wii. I did stand the Wii for a little while and I had City Folk. Unfortunately, City Folk's online sucked and I didn't really play it very much. So I'm excited to finally get another shot at this and play Animal Crossing for the Switch. Um, and like I was saying, a lot of people have it. And so many people are like posting on social media, their friend codes, and people that I don't even consider... <laughs> people I don't even consider gamers have it. <laughs> and uh, I've screenshotted friend codes. I'm getting around to actually adding people. I'm a little nervous though cuz I'm still early in the game and like my house sucks. My city is not populated or my my island is not populated. I don't have like the most epic fruits and I want to I want to, you know, beef up my stuff before I have people come and look at it. Otherwise it's like what's the point? Especially if there's somebody I don't talk to all that much, I don't want them to think I'm like a total scrub still sleeping on my camping cot uh, instead of, you know, an absolute royalty like queen bed or something that I might be able to get into my house. But the game itself so far has been so much fun. I like the uh, options for editing like clothes. Like there's so many options for creating your own uh, patterns on different I don't know, you can do shirts, hats, you can put things on the floor, on a, like a painting that you can display for other people. It's it's awesome. There's so much room for creativity in the game, and that's why I like it so much. Like you don't it's a little bit like uh like Minecraft in the sense where yeah, you can do certain things and be like quote unquote good at it. You know, you can earn a lot of money really quickly um and and you know, play the the turnips stock trading really well and make your money. And in this one, there's Nook Miles, and you can you know really do that to the fullest and get a lot of Nook Miles and get free stuff using that system. But you can also just vibe out in Animal Crossing, and that is also being good at it. And it's also winning at Animal Crossing to just vibe out. Honestly, I did that for so long this weekend. Just straight up vibing in Animal Crossing. And and that's why when people are like I've seen a lot of people on Twitter who are like what's this hype about Animal Crossing? Like what is it really that good? Should I get it? It's like what do you do, you know? And if that's your mindset, it's like you're going in Animal Crossing to do things, there's a chance you might be disappointed. If you're going on Animal Crossing to just like vibe out and just make friends and have like pleasant conversations and um, see things like look at things in kind of like a more cartoony and uh, you know, euphoric light, then you might have a really good time. Then you might be Animal, Animal Crossing might be exactly what you're looking for, especially because it, it could just be a way to connect with your friends that um, you haven't experienced before in this, in the uh, you know, when you can connect online and, and actually visit each other's places. It really adds a lot uh, more to the world that you create on your own 
knowing there's a chance that somebody could come visit it later and be like, wow, um, I would have never thought to, you know, put a bunch of trees right here. This is very, this is very epic. Let's vibe near these trees, you know, and catch some butterflies and, uh, go fishing. I love fishing and animal crossing. I can listen to NPR and go fishing on, on animal crossing for hours. Um, which is also a low key, good way to earn some money. If it was that easy in real life, you know, I'd be a fisherman, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really glad that it's on the Switch because the Switch is already like tailor-made to be brought on an airplane. Uh, so it, the, the Switch is definitely my travel gaming, my go-to travel gaming uh, system. And Animal Crossing just you know, explodes that potential. It makes it even greater. Uh, it's the type of thing where you might be on vacation having the greatest time, but you're like, let me just escape right quick to my island where all my friends live and also there's probably presence flying through the sky just waiting for me to shoot them down with my slingshot uh, and then I can open them and now I have a frog chair. You know, you just can't beat that even when you're on vacation or when you can't go on vacation because of coronavirus, then you can just pretend you're on vacation um, on your, you know, your island uh, getaway. So, uh yeah, I think that's that's basically what I wanted to talk about. I talked about coronavirus, talked about Animal Crossing, and of course we talked about pizza. So uh, I think that's going to probably wrap it up for this episode. Our last episode, it was on Parasite uh, with our good friend of the podcast, B. Stewart, as our guest. She absolutely lays down some knowledge about Parasite, uh, and it was really enlightening. Great episode, great movie. If you haven't seen it yet, I, I highly recommend uh, that you check it out. And uh, we're actually gearing up for our next movie episode, which is going to, oh, excuse me, it's going to be Rango, uh, which is an animated movie, but st- voice starring Johnny Depp. I, I haven't seen it, don't know much about it, besides that it's critically acclaimed. And uh, it's time to check that one off my list. So we're going to be doing that episode next week. And, um, you know, hopefully by then, this pizza I ordered will have already arrived because it's still not here. Um, but you know what? At least I didn't give them any free advertising. Uh, if you want to call Affable Chat, we do have a phone number, 833-600-2428. That's 833-600-CHAT. It's a voicemail. You can call us anytime. Leave us a message. Say whatever you want. And we will play it on a future episode so you can hear your own voice. Trust me, it's very epic. Uh, You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And wherever that is, please leave us a review. Five stars, write a little, hey, this was epic. And that would help us tremendously with expanding our audience. You can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at affablechat. uh, Or send us an email, affablechat at gmail.com. Check us out on YouTube. I uh, recently uploaded a affable chat off script episode much like the one you're listening to right now uh, i uploaded one to youtube and we're always trying to be creative and think of new video ideas ideas to post there so just search affable chat it's uh it's so easy anybody really i've uh, so many people say this to me uh and and many people already know it uh just typing in affable chat and hitting search is very very easy this is just what everyone's been saying And uh, yeah, so that's going to do it for this episode. For Apple Chat, I'm Benjamin. Thanks for listening.